the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joins me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, I'd like to start off um, very significant, and I'm not sure if everyone understood exactly what happened last week, but the removal of the Columbus statue. Now, you know, you and I follow this stuff, and it's been uh, controversial for a while where people were vandalizing the statue. There's um, kind of debate on exactly what Columbus's role was. Uh, certainly a debate, actually, with as far as genocide, things like that. Well, anyhow, uh, as we're seeing these statues and monuments around the country come down from angry mobs, last week there was threat of that happening, and then there was uh, an even... A, a little bit of a confrontation with some protesters and police and the protesters wanted to rip it down. And then Mayor Lorza suddenly just decided, you know what, why don't we take it down, avoid it. Uh, it had initially, a couple, actually a couple weeks ago, when a, a Pawtucket school teacher and they had to put a box around it because they tried to vandalize the statue. But what I think is so significant, Justin Katz, is, and I've been saying, you know, there was no vote, there was no discussion, uh, but ultimately the protesters, the mob, rule the threat of violence won by removing that Christopher Columbus statue. Well, yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the, the stunning thing and the, well, the concerning thing is that there's, there's really nobody to complain. And I think that's why uh, politicians like Alorza and others who are doing similar things with the, the statues or what, whatever um, realize that there's everybody who might object is kind of pinned down by identity politics. And so you get this, this idea that you can just wave a, a wand and decree that a statue will be gone. You know, all, all this debate for years over the statue, for example, just doesn't matter anymore. The, the mayor decided and there you go. And it's, it, what's stunning to me is that the, the contrast between that fact that now there is no public say and the rhetoric from some of these politicians, I mean, Alorza says he, he did it because he wants to make sure every resident feels respected. Well, what about those who oppose moving it? They had no rights in this situation. They're not respected. They've been completely dismissed, disenfranchised, essentially. Uh, and so I, I think we're, we're in dangerous times where once, once a, a mob starts, and it's, it's not just a random mob. There are a lot of indications that there, there's organization behind it getting it organized, getting it in motion. 
Um, once they realize they can start to force these decisions, they'll keep pushing that envelope and it won't be just statues anymore. That's exactly right, Justin. And on top of that, as I was trying to stress, I mean, and it was it was done really with the threat of violence. This is not even threat of maybe, you know, a politician normally like they do things pander for votes, you know, afraid that it could cost them the next election. This is doing this. Because, you know, one night, uh, Tuesday night last week, there were 100 police officers there between the state police and Providence police. And then they had to have a 24 hour guard. But it's um, this is not caving to, you know, lobbyists in a way of special interest. I mean, there are definitely people with a political agenda, but I, I just think we're in a new new territory here where it was fear of violence and destruction was going to be committed if that if that statue was not removed. Right. Well, the the, the price for the, the mayor becomes no longer, you know, um, I I have to do something. It's, it becomes I have to do, you know, they're giving them the choice, take it down or pay to protect it, make a big scene, have political heat. And it, so it just become that that's going to overwhelm the, the, the fealty that a lot of politicians have for for the rule of law and giving people democracy and a say it's just he might he might live with a statue he he opposes or his his supporters oppose uh but if if it means he has to expend money that is low you know is is coming in lower than expected because of coronavirus and and Rhode Island's general mismanagement uh that's a a bridge too far and it's it's going to get worse I think before it gets better do you think that the statue will ever see, uh, will ever once again see the light of day? I mean, I know they're saying we need to find, you know, a safer place for it to be, but I, I just think I, I don't think the mob will allow it. I think wherever they want to put it, the angry mob will it'll be unacceptable no matter where they say, um, whether it's in a museum or it's up on federal hill or something like that unless it leaves the city of providence i just don't see the people that forced its removal i i don't see them agreeing you know with the the, to allow it to go anywhere yeah well i I, sadly i agree i think the the variable there that we're kind of predicting a little bit in that assessment uh, is whether there are other people who are willing who, who will ask for it and take some responsibility for pushing back. Uh, so if you got, uh, you know, there was last time there was talk of removing the statues, people had said to move it to Federal Hill. Uh, if, if there's a group, say of Italian Americans over there who say, we want it, we will, we will take steps to make sure that nothing happens and everybody understands that it, it's gonna be defended. Then you start to get a constituency for bringing it back. But that's, that's part of the problem is we've, we're, we're so far into this sort of anti-racism mania that even just asking to pervert, preserve a little history uh, will bring down heat on, on any individuals that step forward with their faces on the, the movement. Uh, so that, that's the real question, I think, is whether there are those people willing to do that. You're listening to the John DePietro Show with me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, it was quite a week on uh, Monday uh, Governor Mundo, through executive order, removed Providence Plantation from the state name. As far as, you know, any type of uh, certificates or proclamations or stationary things like that, still saying, well, it'll go to the voters, but essentially uh, removing it. And then uh, then in the same week, the statue, um, you know, the Christopher Columbus statue taken down for fear that it would it would be through violence. And Governor Mundo even admitted that to me it was through threat of vandalism and violence um what about the um the her executive order name change removing providence plantation what are your thoughts on that well the the first thing to note is it it wasn't just raimondo i mean treasurer magaziner did it under his whatever's under his auspices Uh, leadership of the general assembly did it i mean even you know disrespecting their own members the mattiello and uh speaker mattiello and senate president ruggiero just did it essentially by press release uh, taking it off General Assembly stuff. And so now you've got the governor uh, waving a wand. And uh, I think, that, again, it, it, this one's actually, to me, worse than the moving, removing a statue because the last time voters had a say, and granted it was 10 years ago, it was 78 to 22 to keep plantations in the name. That's mm. the last time. To vote. And this isn't just, you know, just a name 
that sort of on the stationary. This is the title of our state constitution includes words providence plantations. So uh, the idea that that politicians feel like they can cavalierly just brush this off and say under my auspices we're not going to use this. I think it's it's a real insult. And I, I wrote a piece on Ocean State Current calling it essentially disenfranchisement. You're saying to anybody who doesn't who who for whatever reason at least wants a say in whether to remove this name, you're telling them, no, you don't get a say. Uh, it's a it's a bit like it's reminding me of same sex marriage where mayors and and other uh, politicians across the country just changed the definition of marriage under their control as much as they could and that that sort of it moves the goal so now you're not you're when you put it to a vote to the people you're undoing something that people have already done and some to some extent gotten used to uh, and i think that's another dangerous indication of where we're headed that it's just there's just no respect you're not allowed to have a differing opinion from the progressives in office that because that's just that's just wrong we'll just we're just they're just going to change and you know the thing that really drove this home for me was one of the for the governor's press conference one of the reporters tweeted out a picture of the podium and uh somebody in state government had done this real hack job with with uh, duct tape to erase the name and put state of rhode island on the on the seal on the podium right there um which just boggles my mind that they wouldn't even take the time to do it properly it wasn't centered it wasn't well aligned on the circle it was just, just kind of showed you you know what we're it's it's like a french revolutionary kind of a thing we're just we're, we're not even going to do it right we're just gonna we're gonna decree this we can't we can't even wait to to get another seal we can't wait to have somebody who, who knows how to how to make letters arch around a circle we're just going to go ahead with some duct tape and, and erase the name I, I think we're in we're in kind of scary times no matter how you feel about the name for you know providence plantations but the idea that there's so again as i said with the statue that who's going to push back you know there's there's just there's just nobody to, to force that uh issue right now how do you think um they say they must still want to put it on the ballot how do you think it fears going onto the ballot with the name change with the voters that I don't know. I mean, we're somebody, somebody on a, well, more than one person on social media have said, you know, how do we have time to be spending on these issues when they're budget crises? And I think that's backwards. It's, they're, they're doing this because they don't want to deal with the budget crises. So I think we're come this November, it's, it's going to, it's, I don't know, it's going to be hard to predict a lot of things coming into this November, especially with President Trump on the ballot. It's, you know, how are people frustrated? Are they, are they uh, just worn out? So it's, it's going to depend a lot. If people are, it could have about the same or close to the same result as last time. If people say, you know what, uh, this isn't what we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send a message. I don't really care about the, the name of the state so much, but I'm going to send a message and that this isn't what you should be focusing on. And if you look back to a decade ago when it was on the ballot, that was at least some of the attitude uh, that I picked up back then. Social media wasn't quite as big, but on blog comments and, and other areas like that, a lot of the comments were that, you know what, I don't really care about plantations, but <clears throat> we're in a budget crisis. <clears throat> so I'm going to vote this down because I want to send a message, get off of this silly stuff and get focused on your job. So that might be a dynamic there as well. And I, we're going to get a lot of tests up and down the ballot in November of how how much people really disagree with what's in the news and what they're hearing, but just don't want to tell pollsters or don't want to express out in public because they're afraid of the mob. Uh, that's that's going to be a real test of this November as well. Excellent point. And I, I think it fails. Uh, I, I don't know if it would be as high as last time, but I think the combination of um, it's interesting because it's the, the elections kind of you know, putting the, it's kind of like an afterthought. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to vote on it. Um, I, I think we also get into dangerous territory when it, elections are almost predetermined in a way like, well, we're going to change it, but because of course everyone will vote in favor of it, but, but we'll still pull it on the ballot so people can vote on it. Uh, I say it fails. I say it fails a lot of because of the pushback of people. They don't like the way this thing is being ramrodded through regardless of how significant or insignificant the name is. And as you uh, touched on, almost like in a protest vote. Folks, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about some of the races that are going to be happening. Uh, interesting situation with Burville. Uh, it's all that and a lot more with Politics This Week with Justin Katz right here 
on the John DePietro. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DePietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home. Call them today, 821 821- 7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on, 821 7800. Now, listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be. Or mosquitoes, not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable pest control service a family friendly pest control professionals folks you're gonna love these guys you can trust call them today 821-7800 or online at winfieldpest.com. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same day, text estimate 401 617 They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kids said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. Find them on Facebook. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. It's going to make your property, your home, your deck, your walkway, any outdoor surface, he can get rid of it as far as the algae, mildew, gets rid of it with a very safe solution. It's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. Our segment is Politics This Week. Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCard.com. Justin, the town of Barville, uh, interesting enough, they uh, passed an amendment basically making them a sanctuary town separate from a lot of Governor Amundo's uh, executive orders, especially about masks, kind of in um, response to the fact that certain cities proclaim themselves sanctuary cities. Uh, there was obviously the uh, usual pushback about that, 
But also, I noticed you got an intro, into an interesting back and forth with former reporter, now uh, professor of journalism, uh, I believe in UConn, and Mike Stanton. So I'd like to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, Mike Stanton uh, is one of those journalists who probably should put Twitter down because I, I mean, I, I mean, and not use it. Meaning, um, if, I've been watching for for years at this point, and his feed just sometimes it's it's shocking that that a, a guy who's a journalist, is an author, uh, is a teaches young journalists at UConn, uh, and so he, I wasn't really surprised except maybe by the the extremity of it. But he he tweeted out that after the Pro Bowl's vote. Which, by the way, they style as a First Amendment sanctuary, which even if you disagree with them, you ought to support the pushback against the governor feeling like she can issue decrees for months and months on end. Um, but anyway, he tweeted out, Burlville, well, the trees are tall and the mines are small. And it's just a kind of a shocking thing for a journalist to say, as, as Brian Newberry, Representative Brian Newberry and our General Assembly said, Republican, it's not even necessarily the 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 insult, it's the condescension and the, the way it raises questions about uh, his reporting when he reported or what he's teaching. Uh, and so it, it really did strike me as that. And it actually got a, quite a bit of response. I was, I was a little bit surprised because usually I, I, I tweet about what, you know, retweet what he says or what others say similarly, and it kind of fizzles. But I think people are starting to really, really get irked by this attitude, especially the first few comments on his tweet were other journalists who supported him, including one at UConn who used to cover Burlville. So uh, it's, the idea there's this field of journalists out there who really, this is their, this is what they really do feel about you if you're not progressive. Uh, I think that's, that's captured a lot of people uh, and they're, they're interested in pushing back. You know what I find also interesting about that, Justin, is with that argument um, and he's not alone, there's, there's, I, I don't want to say there's little room for debate. They approach these issues as if there's no room for debate. Uh, there's no discussion. There should be no dissension. There's only one response to these situations. There's only one answer. Uh, anyone that speaks out, it was the same thing with um, when there was, uh, you know, the uh, car rally somewhat, uh, car protest, people driving around the state house feeling that a lot of the uh, orders had gone too far. Normally, these are people who, you know, welcome some sense of protest, but it has suddenly become this uh, this attitude where they, they where in the past where they would welcome uh, forms of debate and you have to respect other people's opinion. Um, it is it is morphed and changed, Justin Katz, into, as you say, an attitude that there should be no discussion or debate on this type of thing. And it's it's kind of a, they they don't even see the irony there that these are people that that argue and and have made their you know their living off of the fact of discussion and covering stories that you know there should be uh, a different voice heard and things like that and instead they they've taken on this mantle of there should be no discussion and debate on these issues. Well, yeah, and that that that's goes right back to the idea of a somewhat objective journalists who at least try to. I mean, I remember conversations with journalists 20 years ago where there, there was actually some sense of, well, I can see what they're trying to do. You know, the, I, the, you got the sense that the person trying to cover the story had at least looked deep enough to say, okay, here's the, the reasonable point or the good intention behind what they're doing. And if you can't do that, and that's why the idea that he, he's a professor of journalism is kind of terrifying. If you can't do that, how are you going to provide a real sense of the story? And the, I, I think we're just to a point where that's not what journalism is about anymore. I mean, again, we refer to it, I think, weekly, but um, the the newsroom at, at the, the young reporters at the New York Times forced the, the departure of an editor on the opinion page for publishing that's the right. comments of a, a U.S. senator. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, you're just, there is no other side. And again, to me, it goes, you started, I started to really notice this a lot during the same-sex marriage debate, again, where journalists just couldn't, com a lot of them couldn't comprehend that there was another side. Okay, what's the other side? There is none. And I, that's where we're, we're getting into this, this frightening thing with, um, and with, uh, say, the 1619 project out of, the, again, the New York Times, where they're really pushing this idea of anti-racism. There is no debate there on anything. You, you're either racist or you are trying to 
squelch all racism in the world and you know that that's a, a sliding scale so what's called racist can can move is a very much the same attitude and, and the why i bring up the 1619 project because that's that's headed into classrooms or their curricula down to elementary school growing out of that movement uh, and I, I i fear what we're seeing is so now you've got journalism that is an objective you've got universities that are teaching journalism and other t subjects where there's only one right answer it's no longer how to think for yourself it's how to how to reinforce the correct answer as as your elders tell you what it is and that's being pushed down into to you know secondary school and below uh, that's that's the thing to watch and i think again i'm, I'm hoping we see especially in november a lot of pushback on, on against this movement because it's, it's ramped up. Somebody mentioned to me the other day, the, the left invaded our institutions, education and, and media and all that decades ago. And so for this election, all they really had to do was flip a switch to create all this chaos. And I'm hoping we're seeing the test and that it's sort of like an engine that, that gets rumbling and then fizzles out because it, it gets flooded or something. Um, I think that's that's what we kind of have to hope for in November because these these movements are really, I mean, Mike Sands is just sort of the tip of the iceberg on that. Folks, coming up, we are going to touch on uh, some of the different races ahead. Uh, it's all ahead with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. Uh, stay tuned. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation. But instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up, tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401-688-0517. Stop watching Netflix. Do something productive. Finally, clean up your home. Clean out that garage or the attic or the basement. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Free estimate, 401 401- 688-0517. It's Brothers Disposal, and let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, Healthcare professionals, office professionals, you need workers, you need MEGA, MEGA professionals. You're trying to run your business. I, listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA 
professionals. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400, 294-2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln, tree removal, since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028. 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Remember, you can always visit the website, depietro.com. Justin, I'd like to touch on uh, some of the races uh, that have popped up. One of them, and just get your thought, uh, Congressman Langevin does have a challenger. It's interesting to me, He's he only has a really small part of Providence, and there is a guy in the Providence Licensing Board, Dylan Conley, that has announced that he is going to challenge uh, Congressman Langevin. I think it's, I, I guess he's in Langevin's district, um, and, and I, I actually, uh, I thought that, that uh, the second district, which is CD2, which is Congressman Langevin, I thought he lost all of Providence, apparently not. Uh, Congressman Cicilline when they when they were doing um, redesigning the district with then Speaker Gordon Fox, Congressman Cicilline made sure that CD one got much more of Providence, which then just ensures he's going to be there for a long time. But what do you think of um Again, I, I don't know how much of an effort it's going to be, but uh, there's part of this that I like that there's going to be some kind of a challenger for Congressman Jim Landrieu. Well, I um, he's actually got a couple interesting challengers. There's. Um, a Democrat actually challenging him, Dylan Conley, um, who is it's the Providence Journal article about him was interest was funny and I, it's it's one of those imagine this was the a Republican or the other side. The first half of the article is all about how idealistic he is and and how his family looks like the future because it's a mixed racial marriage. Um, and then you get to the end and it turns out he's just sort of a consummate uh, insider. He's on, as you say, he's on the the board of licensing for, for Providence. Yeah. He's a he's a solicitor in East Providence. He's the son of William Conley, the senator, yes. and all of, an, and another consummate insider. So it's 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 funny, you know, if you if you had say a Republican of that, if imagine we had Republican insiders in Rhode Island, uh, and his son ran, you wouldn't get seven to ten paragraphs of fluff followed by oh yeah, and he's an insider. It would be all about those connections. So the fact that he is so connected as an insider. It does make me wonder how much effort there's going to be. I mean, there's a, but there's there's a lot of talk that you know, Landry, well, one of our seats is is going to evaporate um, after the next census, after the census, and we'll only have one congressman. Uh, so th- it could be just a you know sometimes aspiring politicians do these races to get some get a higher profile, not expecting to win. Uh, that could be the the motivation there. And then we've got on the on the Republican side, uh, Bob Lancia, who's a representative. Uh, he he's got some good some good strengths uh, in in places Republicans don't often go. He's a, he's a little stronger among minorities than other Republicans are. So it'll be interesting to see how how he fares at the general election. Uh, I suspect you know it's it's Rhode Island, so I suspect the the name. We don't like to change change boats. So I'm, 
I suspect Landry Boone will, will pull it out, but it, but it is going to be interesting to watch how this, this young insider uh, dynasty uh, develops. And he's, he's not the only one. I mean, in some ways he's the only one at, at Congress, Congress level, but in a general assembly, there are other dynastic moves afoot. Uh, so, so I think that's part of a larger story. That'll be interesting to watch. Touch on some of those. What are some of the other uh, races that you're referring to? Well, for, for one right here over in Tiverton, uh, it was especially interesting because I, th- I th- it might be the first time that a father and son are running at the same time to be in the same chamber. So I'm talking about, and they have the same name. I'm talking about John Edwards IV, who's the, uh, the powerful uh, leadership member uh, in the General Assembly right now, and his son, John Edwards V, who is departing from the town council in Tiverton to, to run for General Assembly uh, for the seat that currently uh, Dennis Canario is in. Uh, so that's one dynasty. The other one is Robert E. Craven Jr., who's who's stepping right into his the seat currently held by his father, Robert E. Craven Sr., uh, with no, there's no race there to watch per se, because nobody else went for that seat uh, but the, but senior is running for senate uh, so it's, it's just interesting to me that we're getting all these and it's, it's reinforced by the fact that they all had the same name except for dylan conley it's, i mean it's 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 almost it's almost like a sinking into aristocracy and i, I wonder if uh if some of it is an indication that the the cards are kind of stacked against people so much uh if you don't have some angle that uh powerful insiders have even more opportunity uh, to, so, so you have to have that additional leverage of being the, the child of a powerful politician. Uh, so those will be some, some races to watch. Well, that in, and also with lack of news, people just see the name Craven. Uh, it certainly benefits them to then do people just go in. They know that let's just say the Craven situation, the vote of that. But then you also saw Barbara, Barbara Ann Fenton. She changed her name to Barbara Ann Fenton Fung. And now there are fung signs all over her district that she's running against Mattiello. What did you make of um, Representative Marsha uh, Va- Wranglin Vassal, who said last week, basically, that a white man should not be running against a woman of color, that uh, that he's using his white privilege to try to defeat uh, her, who's, who's in office right now. It's someone who... From what I understand, he's on the Providence City Council, so he has like what they consider a free shot. Even if he loses, he still retains his council seat. But Justin, what about that premise that someone who is Caucasian should not be uh, running against uh, someone of color? Well, that's kind of that's the end game of identity politics. I mean, you, you lock people down, and so that only only people who fit a certain criteria are eligible. What what really struck me there. Uh, and I, I did write about this as well. The the tone of her whole—it's not even that. It's it's not fair that he's running or, or something. You know, a, some white guy, as she put it. She. It's that he, by running, he's trying to silence my voice with a capital yeah. V, which emphasizes not just her voice, but the voice of all of her people and people who look like her. Uh, and I, that's that's a that's kind of a social sickness we have, uh, where we're really breaking down into this sort of tribal elements where uh, you're just not, le- you're not legitimate to run against me because you're, you're just a, by, by nature an oppressor by, because of the color of your skin. I, I, I really wish more people were pushing back on, on that attitude because it's, it's really, really dangerous and, and destructive and, and divisive. And I, I, again, I hope in November we start to see pushback against that. You know, it, it's funny. It's interesting um, that you mentioned pushback because you're right, Justin. People are hesitant. You even saw it with the um, the Providence firefighter who, by all accounts, his version of events, the one that claimed he was racially profiled, it did not stand up. The investigation showed he was, he was not racially profiled. But while he was giving that interview on Channel 12, he even put his hands up in the gesture of putting his hands up and it said, I even said to them, don't shoot. Now, on the body cam uh, footage that was released, he never that never happened. Um, but if you were watching that, that's a common phrase that they use at the protest. Hands up, don't shoot. I can't breathe. Um, you know, that that was put in by design. And even though his story didn't match what came out in the investigation, Justin Katz, both Mayor Lorza 
and then the city council uh, president, they would not in any way say, you know, on second thought, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that about the police, that what he said did not happen. Alorza was more content to take a, a no confidence vote from his police force as opposed to pushing back on a, on a Providence firefighter who did not tell the full story of what happened. Well, I, I, some of that is a, a legacy of the fact that this is it's not just a racial grievance we're, we're seeing right now. It's not just racial disturbance. It's specifically left wing uh, and Marxist in some ways. And and part of that kind of ideology is you're not allowed to um, to contradict the story of an oppressed group, uh, even if facts contradict that, that story. It's, it's all so, there's so much relativism that whatever, hey, how, however he felt it went, that has to be how it went. And yeah. that, that's, I'm, that's a ter- terrifying mixture. And uh, we, we're seeing evidence of this across the country too. There was, yes, yesterday I, was, I came across a, a YouTube clip uh, down where uh, there was a protest trying to take down the emancipation statue. So this is the statue in Washington, D.C., paid for fundraising from, from former slaves to honor uh, President Lincoln and, and the emancipation. Uh, and there are mobs trying to take it down. And the clip I saw, there were a couple elderly, not, older black gentlemen. One of them looked like he was dressed up as Frederick Douglass, who actually, uh, uh, you know, his historically famous black American uh, who, who was at, spoke at that at the statue unveiling for that statue, but they they were there trying to protect the statue and argue against the crowd. And there's a young woman there just in hysterics uh, saying, you know, you look like me. How can you be standing in my way? So the the idea that you, you can't have other other ideas, you're not allowed to contradict however she feels about it. Uh, the the fact that it was a a statue commissioned by and promoted by former act people who were actually slaves, not, you know, generations on with the same skin color, that that was just all wiped away in, in her emotions as, as somebody who's been trained to, to lead with emotions and try to bully, uh, cry bully things the way she wants. And I, th- I think that that ties into this, this idea that the, the mayor, you know, I'm not going to contradict what that man said, even if the facts contradict it. And you, it all comes back to that idea. You're just not allowed to disagree with the mob mentality and however that's been dictated by whoever's, you know, sort of starting the ball rolling from the progressive left. And it's pretty interesting to me. Think of that. Mayor Lorza was willing to go against his entire police department uh, and instead on a, a Providence firefighter who his version of events did not hold up in a very simple investigation. All you had to do was show the body cam footage. And uh, but Mayor Lorza is is um, was was it was OK in his mind, apparently, to go against the entire police force. Um, as opposed to, that's exactly right, contradict uh, a Providence firefighter person of color who's, as I said, did not tell the full story when this whole thing uh, unleashed. Well, and the, Just, the thing that makes that, um, like the Columbus statue, it, it, that's really a statement of, of disrespect. You you don't matter. You, we kind of expect our elected officials, and we see this in court too, which makes it, makes it worse, but you kind of expect your elected officials to say, okay, there are two sides. You're both my constituents. Let me look at the facts and, dis- and say, here's where I come down after looking at the facts. He's saying essentially, whatever the facts are, you don't matter if you're a police officer because this narrative is more important. And it, that's it's all the same story as the Columbus statue. You know, it's funny you say that, Justin Katz. And again, folks, uh, it's the John DePietro Show. Our segment is politics this week. When um, when I was speaking with uh, the guy, Matt from Alley's, and I was trying to say to him, you know, if you were running a business and one person said so-and-so, you know, uh, made the following accusation, you wouldn't just fire that person without a meeting. And he actually said he would. Uh, and I was trying to explain that you know, maybe there's two sides to every story and that the firefighters version wasn't standing up. Because think of that. Uh, Alley's Donuts, they changed their entire policy based on that story that the firefighter told on Channel 12 that did not stand up and was then proven a false story in the uh, in the investigation into it. But he said, um, and I found that interesting, he said, um, no, I would take their word for it because I wouldn't want the other person to have to relive going through who was right and who was wrong. <laughs> and they, they missed the point of, yeah, but you're, you're terminating someone who, who 
unjustifiably is being terminated. What about yeah. their version of events? And, and you're victimizing them. Yes, and could not see through that. Um, Justin, uh, finally, now we are expected now to go into phase three. We are going to see more events uh, that would be permitted in some way that back in um, in uh, May when all these things were being laid out, they were all being canceled. But I believe in phase three, you could have an event outside that would be, I think it's the number is going to be, and I, I don't know why we wouldn't move to phase three, but somewhere in the number of 200, 250. Um, and that certainly are a lot of weddings that were canceled. If in fact they had been outside, you you could have had some of these weddings. Yeah, that that's, you know, if, if I were a person who canceled a wedding, uh, and I think inside is 150, uh, but if I, if, if I had just canceled my weddings or, or even event planners who, canceled events that could have been held you know it's the problem with and I, i've been saying it you've been saying it the center for freedom and prosperity has been saying it uh, as well the the idea that the governor months in advance was just issuing these decrees uh that probably he, bob flanders former supreme court justice wrote a brief for the centers talking about uh how that's probably not even legal under the under the emergency statutes you know months in advance her her Emergency powers are supposed to be limited by 30 days for a reason, because you don't want to be, you have no idea. This, you don't have an emergency 30 days out. That's now a, now a rolling crisis. It's not an emergency where you need superpowers. Um, but that that's the problem. And she's still kind of doing it. I mean, we're, we're talking about the phase three that might go into effect today. And the, the last I heard, the governor was making grumbles about how she's, she's looking at the result, the trends in other states far away, Arizona, Texas, Florida. And that might affect her decisions for Rhode Island. Uh, that wasn't one of the criteria she laid out. She said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at these metrics, mostly hospitalizations, and if they're all headed in the right direction, we'll move to the next step. Well, looking at those numbers, there's no excuse for not moving to the next step and maybe even skipping phase three and going to a phase four. But instead, well, you know what, I'm better safe than sorry, I'm going to look to Arizona as well. So, so that may change today. And the arbitrary nature of it uh, is, is really, really disturbing. And, I, but, and you'd, you'd think she'd take the lesson. Yes, I canceled all these events that probably didn't have to be canceled. We, we, we really need, again, the theme of the day, I guess, is pushback. We need people to start saying, you know what, we're not listening to you anymore. And, and frankly, out in the, out in the public and the real world, I'm starting to see people just, just disregarding the rules altogether because they're just changed. And they're arbitrary. Folks, he is the managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, you too, John. Talk to you soon. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 21 and MEG, MEGA truck and trailer repair, commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 336 2110. MEGA truck and trailer repair, FHWA inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24 hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them. 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today. 
your best lawn ever guaranteed 401-392-1025 401-392-1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor Rhode island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh consultation and estimate 401-392-1025 lawn doctor and now is the time because you can get the early spring the crabgrass control time release fertilizer professional blend of high calcium line lawn doctor go online check them out it's lawndoctor.com or call them today 401-392-1025 lawn doctor hi steve here owner of water filter company do you know what my customers are not doing today they're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started they enjoy all the safe clean water they want not during just this crisis but all year long don't you think it's time you did too so as you're standing in line waiting how about you give my company a call call water filter company at 294-2400 2400 a rhode island family business since 1986 when your appliance is dying just call ryan ryan's appliance repair call them today 401-710-7096 401-710-7096 ryan's appliance repair now i like to tell the story i don't mind but one morning i went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and He'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website. Visit it to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show.